Hello. This episode of Cinema Swirl was brought to you with the support of our backers at Patreon. Head over to patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl to find out how you can support the show and get some exclusive bonus content. Right, let's get swirling. Swirl! Don't be storing that in brine. It's episode number 49. Freshwater, tomato sauce, all of course, viable options for your mackerel or sardine fillets. Hello everyone once again, it's me, your old pal, Cowboy Kevin, dancing alongside Sam Chaplin. Hello. Hello, it's lovely to be dancing alongside you. Dancing, dancing. Come, dance with me through Hollywood, Sam, as we open up doors of rooms of movies you've not yet seen. Yeah, you probably should have seen some of them by now and we're doing that because that's what this podcast is all about we are approaching a very very big round number aren't we mm-hmm. that's, that's that's 50 oh kevin it's a multiple of five and of ten and what 10 times five that is pretty Fuck. much the most lucky number i could think of i can't wait in in the game of 25, the card game of 25, 25 is the number where you want to be. Yeah. But I'm assuming 50, that's like winning 25 twice. twice. Yeah. And that's like, you don't get much bigger than that. Like, no. you double know. bubble, baby. 21? No, mate. 42. That's what I'm all about. I'm like, double wins. <laughs> all right. Give me my winnings. Sam, today we're talking about one of the most iconic movies of many a childhood. Yeah. If you're born in the, the late 80s or early 90s, we are, of course, talking today about the Will Smith alien invasion, Jeff Goldblum fawning material known as Independence Day. Mm. And it is still, I think, at time of release, July, so we're in the correct month for that. <laughs> so what that's is- good. I was just looking at the calendar there going, that's going to be a tight turnaround in the edish now, <laughs> to, so it is. <laughs> to, re- to release that in the past. Be- yeah, I mean, come yeah. on. Sam, how did you celebrate your Independence Day? Well, every day for me is uh, Independence Day, because I'm an independent guy. <laughs> just living I thought you were going to say, because I'm British! I, no, Kevin, I was going to say that, and then I realised how confrontational it would have sounded from me, an actual British person, to be like... I- I've been independent the whole time, mate. It would be awful. So I'm glad Uh, I didn't do that. For me, as an Irishman, it's the month of Easter is my Independence Day. Uh, Yeah, where we celebrate escaping from the hated British... And also, simultaneously, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ by eating round eggs in his honour. Again, double bubble type situation. Like, you know, (laughs) you're getting more bang for your buck with your holidays. I know, it is. I'm glad that Ireland was like, you know what, the independence, can we tie this into a major holiday so we can kind of, you know, have a few days off either side of it? Yeah, no, that sounds all right. Yeah, okay, that sounds good. So, Sam, Mm. we're talking about Independence Day. Yeah. And that means there's a lot of very big names associated with this. Sure. Hot hot shot Hollywood bigwigs rolling down the line in their Hollywood hogwash-powered automobiles. But we're going to first look instead at the mailbag. (laughs) Welcome to the mailbag. We're in the mailbag. Yo. Do you come with the mailbag? Hey, thank you. No. That would be really funny if that was how the line The Simpsons went. Like, do you come with the car? (laughs) (laughs) It's the heat wave special. 
Oh, it's fucking hot today, folks. Oh, it's boiling. At time of record and probably release and maybe our future on this planet. Right, I know, Sam, from doing this podcast that you and I are already going to hell where we'll probably have to podcast forever about movies we're not particularly interested in as yeah. our fitting and an ironic punishment. Great sense of irony, the devil. And everyone else makes... will have to listen to that. And that's an yeah, exactly. That's in a there. lower rung of hell. <laughs> I think we say in a lower quality of audio, like, you know, Seventh Circle of Hell, welcome to MP2, motherfuckers. What is this crackling distortion? Uh. It's two bored men talking about Pearl Harbor. Ah! <laughs> but I'm going to say on record, mm. before we get into your, no, we're used to your flaming hot takes in the mailbag. Oh, yeah. But legitimately, the mailbag is now a fire hazard because this is just a big bag of kindling on what is no doubt the hottest circumstances I have ever podcasted under. Yeah, this is unbearably warm <laughs> at the moment. And I'm sure we've got listeners in hot climbers and, oh, it's really hot. Well, it's very hot here as well, thank you very much, relative to what we're used to. But you know what's going to happen then, Sam, right? We'll yeah. be laughing when they get that real mad overcast wave. And they're like, oh, this is really hard. It's so overcast. Oh, and what I feel, are you complaining about? What are you complaining about? <laughs> oh, oh, do you feel listless, do you? Because it's overcast. Get in fucking line, mate. Yeah, right? Yeah, I'll talk to you about fucking overcast. I didn't see the sun for a whole year when I lived in Glasgow. A whole year! <laughs> Welcome to the mailbag, everyone. <laughs> You're in the mailbag. It's hot in here. <laughs> so open up all your mail. It is so hot, I will get my mail on. This first question comes in to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.hot. This is from Logan Niedermeyer, I think. Logan Rice. You, you think that's his name, or you think he sent it? I think... <laughs> I think that's the pronunciation of the surname. I'm not sure. Apologies, gotcha. Logan, depending on whether I got it right or wrong. Sam, I, I, I'm just going to apologise on your behalf as well. Logan, I don't know what was going on there. You know, I really don't. Absolute shambles. It's, Logan, it's hot. That's all I can say. Yeah, exactly. Logan writes, Hello, gentlemen. Are there any movies you refuse to watch for the podcast? Maybe they have an actor that turned out to be a wrong'un. Or maybe you feel the movie has been covered to death. Thanks for the great oh. content on this pod and over on Cinema Swill. Logan. Right. Mm. Now, I would say I don't expect us to be doing any kind of, like, noted wrongen in the news vote special. <laughs> it, 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 has, it has tied the hands yeah. a little bit because you should be like, pick an actor, boom. I'm glad we never went with the Kevin Spacey vote yeah. special. That was, uh, that I mean, was it, floated here. <laughs> Uh, we ha I think we may have talked about it, or at least we talked about some of his films doing them, because there yeah. are some classics in there. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, if we were to discard every movie that Harvey Weinstein has done, that would definitely reduce the... Takes uh, it down a bit, yeah. You know. We wouldn't have been able to do Dogma. No. Or Jersey Girl. Yeah, Jersey yeah. Girl. We'd be missing out real hard there. So, big shout-out to Harvey. For big shout-out to all the wrongins there. Fucking hell. Well, I mean... Like, I'm not going to be doing Moonwalker anytime soon, for instance, you know? Mm. Like, there's a mm. lot... Like, I, I think, as with most things, it's, it's probably more of a case of the judging the public moods, and we tend to try and circumnavigate this podcast away from the choppy waters of yeah. where right now, at this exact moment in 
2019, where mm. you're probably scoffing at us from the future in 2020. Yeah. Like, we're, we're, this isn't a current events show. So if it's something that's very much in the public eye or in the public moment, we're not going to have the big fucking Kevin Spacey chat while his trial's still going on, for instance. No. So we just try... I think that has made us... Not like we've not had a chat about it or anything, but I think subconsciously we've maybe yeah. not, you know... We, we've steered clear of some of that. It's one of those things where, like, we don't want to deliberately court controversy. No. But at the same time, I don't think we want to avoid things to... I. Do you know what I mean? It's like we're yeah, not... Yeah, we're not being outright about anything, I don't think. Yeah, we're not, like, ruling most stuff out, but we don't really want to dive into it deliberately to cause a fuss. For instance, you at home, you're going to watch Baby Driver again? Hmm? Oh, Kevin. Hmm? Uh, uh, huh? you see seen it the once now in the cinema, haven't you, like me? And now you're thinking, oh, the rewatch. Oh, Edgar Wright, but... Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because it's a good film. I, I don't know if I've told you about this or told the Cinema Swirl audience about this. When I worked at a cinema, I took home one of the, you'd call it a standee, like a big oh, cardboard no. thing, like a display, because we never used them at our cinema, and they, but they kept being delivered to us. And I was like, I'm going to get the Baby Driver one, because yeah. I can tell that this film is going to be iconic. So I'm going to bring this home, and I'm going to keep it in its box, and that's going to be worth a fucking fortune one day. And oh boy, has its value depleted over time. I mean, there's there's ones like what you think about, like, I don't think we've ever consciously said to each other, never going to do a Mel Gibson swirl. You know, no. even though there's a lot of Mel Gibson movies that are probably on that list. I think it's important for you to probably see something like Lethal Weapon or Braveheart yeah. or whatever it is eventually. But that being said, if, that wouldn't that one make me say, well, you're never going to get to see those movies, Sam. But if you expect us to do that movie and not have a bit of a pop at them and a go at them and also to have a, a bit of a chat about it at some point, that is probably going to happen. I mean, we've had a pop at people for a lot less than what Mel Gibson did. So <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? If we didn't have a pop, it would seem like kind of a bit weird a bit, a bit very strange in terms of like doing movies which you think have been overdone i mean i yeah. guess the whole nature of this podcast is that it's not overdone for you because you've not seen them yeah if no one wants to hear two people who've already seen star wars talk about star wars whoa whoa uh, whoa, <laughs> whoa whoa or new podcasts <laughs> where have we you just know, watch star they wars do again. because uh that's most of the podcast marketplace that is actually it you're right i've cornered myself here in the market but i will tell you right now and this is behind the scenes oh. when we started our, our patreon page mm. i did have a the, for the first time ever when recording cinema swirl i had a little bit of like uh like a little bit of a panic okay like, what, what am i gonna say and that was when we did the room and i was like how the fuck am i gonna say anything about the room in 2019 that hasn't been oh, said yeah right i see what a saying. trillion times mm. with that being said i think that trepidation just led us down different avenues and we ended up having a lot of fun anyway That's a really fun episode yeah it, it's actually probably one of my it's probably is my favorite episode of cinema swill so far mm. where sam and i review dirty bad movies over on our patreon.com that's patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl it's a secret but yeah very interesting question i i would say that we are both probably like i think we both trust each other's judgment i think in, in that relation yeah probably don't know if the mel gibson swirl will be coming out anytime soon no hollywood may have forgiven him but we never will we'll, we'll see what happens we've got we've got plenty of time you know there's we'll, plenty of other movies that's the thing if there was like oh. oh shit if we don't do a movie with kevin spacey in it there's nothing to do there's loads of movies thankfully sam has seen literally fuck all and that yeah. makes it very easy we're not running out 
Let me tell no. you that. Up front. Let me tell you. Okay, next question comes in to facebook.com forward slash cinemaswirl. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.hot. Uh, that's from Ryan Marks, who asks, I can't be certain. I can, Ryan. That's me. But I'm pretty sure you haven't done a kung fu film yet. Oh. Ryan goes on to say, Drunken Master 2 might be fun or go big with crouching tiger i've heard of that oh yeah. i mean that would definitely be a swirl for the ages because anytime we go resolutely outside of our comfort zone yeah the, f- the fun is always had like as much as we would like i'm sure just to do arnie movies and action adventure movies thanks for listening to independence day by the way folks uh, <laughs> those of you who opt to not listen to our episodes where there are not explosions we welcome you here oh hmm. the broader church as normal like oh, yeah. you know i, f- I feel like the, the, the priests looking out at mass on Easter. Oh, there's not as many faces I've been shoving holy Jesuses into their mouth now that I'd normally be seeing here now. Where were you for mean girls? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a Crouching Tiger would be fun. I'm not going to lie, I'm not very well versed in the world of kung fu movies. I would have thought you might have been. I didn't know, I don't know where I've got that from. But I thought I mean, <laughs> you might have been a martial arts movie guy. My love of martial arts movies probably extends more into the cheesy martial arts movies okay. and black exploitation attempts at martial art movies and parody of said movies like Dolomite and Black Dynamite. So I don't, I, I no don't idea, know if but... yeah. Well, this is anytime there's guys throwing karate chops. That, as far as I'm concerned, that's a kung fu movie right there. Yeah, maybe, yeah. you know, yeah. one to consider. One final thing on Facebook: Ali Redman says, "Can you do a Star Is Born, please?" No, I don't think we can. I've not seen it. You've not seen no. it. There's three I've of them. I've not seen any of the iterations. The only of thing it. I thought would be funny to do a vote between the three different versions of A Star Is Born, but because Kevin hasn't seen them, it ain't happening. So yeah, have you? Wait, have you seen them? No. Well, there we go. No but, reverse. But world. what I have seen is an advert on YouTube with two people singing karaoke to each other, and one of them's like, "I'm about a girl." Are you happy in this modern world? And it turns out that's from A Star Is Born. So I have seen that advert for an app. I will say, I may watch it at some point in the future as it's a musical, and I'm known to. But if you are someone who's clamoring for more musical episodes, much like Or Grease, which was a lot of fun to Mm -hmm. do... Uh, I'll tell you right now, something for nothing. I think some tacky Andrew Lloyd Webber stuff could go well on the swill. <laughs> Similarly, I was very, nay, delighted to chat about Les Mis with Sam here on Cinema Swirl. If you want that to happen, let your voices know. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, no. Not Les Mis. All right, that, that'll do it for the mailbag. It's too hot. Going to close up the mailbag. Thank you for all your questions. If you've got any more, send them into cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Unfortunately, all of the questions have gone see-through from me sweating through them at the moment. So thanks very much, letters. Thank you. Or just pop them on the socials if you pop want to on the socials, engage yeah. on the socials. At Cinemaswirl on the Twitter as well, folks. Don't yeah, forget. Don't forget that. Sam, we're mm-hmm. talking about Independence Day. Yeah. I'm going to hit you with the big boys straight away. All right. We, we saw him... <laughs> On such great films such as Suicide Squad <laughs> and Jersey Girl. That's literally a spoiler for Jersey Girl. And if that doesn't sell you on Jersey Girl, you're never going to watch it. Yes, Will Smith shows up in, yeah. in Jersey Girl. So your familiarity 
with the man himself. He's already a swill favourite, but is he a swell favourite? That's, That's it, what I yeah. Know. yeah. What, what are your experiences with Will Smith? I feel like I've seen a bunch of Will Smith stuff. I've watched The Fresh Prince a lot. Oh. Maybe not a lot, but a bit. I mean, to the point where if you saw Jazzy Jeff, would you expect him to be thrown out? Uh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can always tell because he was wearing the clothes from the stock footage where he gets thrown out. <laughs> And that's if he's like, oh, you're wearing those. Those are the clothes that enrage Uncle Phil, that make him enact physical violence on you, Jazzy Jeff. I know him from that. I know him from Men in Black. I've seen one of the Men in Blacks. I think it was two. I think it was the one with Johnny Knoxville in it. Wait, so you've not seen Men in Black one? I'm not sure. I think maybe I, I have. Maybe I have. Maybe I have. Maybe I have. Maybe I have. I think I have. Okay. Was Johnny Knoxville in it? No. Okay, then you've probably not seen... I might have seen the first two Men in Black. Was it in 3D? No, no, no. Okay. Was there a lady who ate a man and gave a whole generation of people a vor fetish? Because apparently that's... Don't fucking at me, that's not me, all right? But just... Did that happen in your one you saw? Maybe. Did the lady eat a man? (laughs) I can't remember. And that's a problem with me generally. Even if I have seen some films, I can't fucking remember it. So. Did you see the lady eat a man? Eat a man? Never known you seen an. But Will Smith sings the Men in Black song. Here come the Men in Black. And I know him from Welcome to Miami. I know him from iRobot. I really liked iRobot back in the day. Welcome to Miami. What, what's Welcome to Miami? It's a song by Will yeah. Smith. Miami. 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 There he is, Will Smith. Turn that radio down, Kevin. Oh, <laughs> sorry, uh, Sam. Did you ever boom, shake, shake, shake the room? Boom, shake, shake, shake the room. Boom, shake, shake, shake the room. Sorry, I'm not finished. Boom, shake, shake, shake the room. Was that not Ant and Deck? No, that was. No. Watch us wreck the mic. Watch us wreck the mic. Watch us wreck the mic. Psych. Let's get let's ready. Get ready. ready. Let's, yeah, let's okay, get ready. That. Let's get ready to shake, shake, shake the room. <laughs> So Will Smith was shaking the room. He was shaking the room. He was the Boom. room shaker. Ah, uh, jeez. Um, <laughs> so, in terms of films, Shark Tale. Seen that? Oh, I thought you could say he was on Shark Tank. And I'm like, promoting what? Ashton Kutcher is though. <laughs> Shark Tale, iRobot. I've seen Hancock. Jeez, you've seen some fucking fierce shite. I've. I feel like I've seen some other Will Smith films. He's. he's a ubiquitous star. I think for a long time he was Did one you of these. See Hitch? No, I didn't see Hitch. He he was one of those people who I think Jude Law falls into this category, and it's mm. so weird to say because Jude Law like is not this guy at all anymore. Mm. But I felt there was a period of like five six years where it's like he's in at least two to three movies in the cinema. Mm. You know, he's in the blockbuster and his passion piece that are on at the same time in the cinema. Yes. Will you know, Smith is still that, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, like, yeah. Will will be in the movie, that the big blockbuster, then the passion project to try and get him an Oscar, and then the one with his weird kid in it that's like, we'll, let, they, we'll just pretend this is real life then. Yeah? Uh, yeah, and, you're, you're in space, Jaden. You're in space. Okay? And you- <laughs> Do you love me now? 
as you can tell from some of this, there are some real shit Will Smith films as well, which means we'll be doing a spin-off, Smith's Will. Uh, when we try to uh, align the swill and the swirl when possible, mm. to make swirl, that is what we'll be attempting to do in this case. But yeah, the man does not necessarily dictate that there is quality in the movie they're in. But he's a bankable star. He is. He's got star quality. Mm, absolutely. 100%. So I'm, I'm familiar with Will Smith. I know his stuff. I know he's a YouTube celebrity as well. What? He's, a, he's got he's got a channel. He's a vlogger. Has he? Um, really? Big, successful YouTube channel. I wonder why he got so many f- subscribers so quickly. Oh, it's it's what's his secret? What's his uh, secret? It's because he's a movie star. But yeah, he, he vlogs now. Superstar vlogger. Will, you could be making so much more money. He was in YouTube Rewind 2018. Wow. There's something wrong with that platform, if that's what's going on at the moment. Like, yeah. I step away from YouTube, kind of going, ah, it's a bit, you know, I was trying to upload some bits and bobs here and there, and they're like, ah, YouTube's crazy and weird now, I'm just fucking leaving this shit behind. I'm gonna, I'm gonna craft a non-YouTube niche in mm. the world for myself. And uh, you turn around and you come back and fucking Will Smith is driving around in his Cadillac at the, that's not what YouTube's all about. No. This is like when David Tennant got a podcast, and I was like, oh, oh come fuck on. off, mate. Come on. You don't need this. <laughs> no, you don't. I need this. I need <laughs> Those Get podcast out. sisters are for me and me only. And if you've listened to David Tennant's podcast, stop listening right this second. Yeah. And then restart because you'll count as a second listen and we can use the stats. <laughs> but you've you spent a lot of time talking about if he's bankable. He's bankable. He's, he's bankable. a big star. He's bankable. Do you like Will Smith? Yes. Why? He seems like a nice guy. He seems yeah. like a good guy. I think he's a, he's got comedy chops. He does, yeah. He's not he's not beyond you know having a laugh at himself, is he? But he's also no, and he, but he's got a sense of humour, and he can also do all the action stuff. Mm, he's been physically intense in many movies. He's been quite the beefcake, and that's what you want. You want someone who can be funny and be actiony, <laughs> an action man and a drama man. He's that's a good true. drama man. He is very much so. He's got soulful eyes, as he mm. There's depth yeah. there. He's got range. The kid's got range. I would say that this is probably his... I know he had some small roles and stuff like that, but this was like him, breakout, breakout leading man, mm. big, huge name, and like apparently at the time even for it to be like an African-American who was a relatively... You know, he was known on TV, but it's not like back... It's not like now where like if you're on TV... It's like, what? Like, if you're, you've been in a movie which might build you up to be on a prestige TV show. Back in the day, there was a chasm between TV, TV and, movie. and movies. And particularly TV like The Fresh Prince, which is kind of, you know, live studio audience, cheapish sets, yada yada, you yeah. know. It was view, he was viewed as not being like a bankable star by many, and it was quite shocked that, you know, he would be put so prominently on this. And this mm. was all on his, uh, on his broad, rippling shoulders. But he has some help along the way. And now's the time to ask you. What, if anything, do you know about the master of disaster, Jeff Goldblum? Right. I I have wanted to talk about Jeff Goldblum for a while. Isn't he great? Mmm. Oh, no, Sam, come at me now. Well, no, right. The thing about Jeff Goldblum, it, it's much like the Bill Murray thing. Or the George Takai thing. Or the George, where everyone idolises him and thinks like, oh he's, so, oh, he's so great. Oh, he's got a jazz album. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, well, Sam, all- he played jazz with Jay Rayner. Ah. Uh, did he? He did. Christ. What, your favourite actor and Kevin's favourite food critic <laughs> played jazz together? <laughs> they did, yes. And he on chat shows he's always a bit aloof and weird. And everyone finds him very charming. 
and interesting and sexy and cool. I know this is going to... But why does no one ever say that I'm charming and sexy (laughs) and cool? (laughs) Why not Jeff Goldberg? This is going to land me in some hot water, but I don't fully get it. Really? I'm not... I know it's not ironic, but is it ironic? I think with Jeff Goldblum... Yeah. ...is that he is one of those celebrities who mm. had a whole generation, and the, the that generation in particular is the first generation that became, like, content creators and people who communicated right. through memes and, you know, the, the first the first web-enabled proper generation, you know, who, yeah. who, who, got, who got this shit. He's big, you know, talking Jurassic Park, you're talking Independence Day. The man, the man's fingerprints are all over. Even I mean, you've seen Jurassic Park, so even his uh-huh, fingerprints yeah. are over your childhood's mm-hmm. DNA, which is this phrase I will not say again. Oh. I'm sorry that yeah. that was in your ears just there. But I think he's one of those few stars who gets it and uses it to his advantage. Okay. He gets that people love him because he's this guy who's in all these big blockbuster movies and then you find out he's actually a bit weird and he leans into that motherfucking thing because he is... I mean, he's done stuff like Tim and Eric and stuff like... Yeah, you know, really Chef, a, Chef Goldblum. Chef Goldblum, exactly. Yeah. He's done such an array of strange, weird, passiony project stuff. And I think he's like he's not like Bill Murray in the sense that Bill Murray seems to be quite closed off and mysterious. Jeff mm. Goldblum is like he's the open book to Bill Murray's very closed book that you've only heard anecdotes about from your mates. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I think people like that. He he's given people what they want, Sam. And they want Jeff Goldblum to be weird and sexy and aloof. And the man is more than happy to oblige. Yeah. I'm just not as charmed by it as it feels like everyone else is you know, I feel a bit left out I think a lot of this could be to do with, with the childhood uh, with yeah. the missing of the movies because I mean what are the main things you know Jeffy G from Jurassic Park Yeah, everyone loving him on the internet He's been in a few Wes Anderson things. And of course, we all remember the running gag where Jazzy Jeff Goldblum would be thrown out of the house <laughs> by uh, by the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. And he would go, ah, and he'd be thrown out, wouldn't he? Not much else, really. I, I okay. know him as a meme, mostly, as an mm. internet figure. You know what, Sandy? I really don't want to be condescending here when I say this. I'm well, trying to find the right tone of voice. But I understand that this must be very hard for you. <laughs> There are certain actors who are on, like, enamel pin badges. Yes. And he's one of those. He is. He absolutely is. But I'm not... I don't really understand why. Is it because he looks weird or he sounds weird? A little bit of all those things. Is he he cool? He is cool. He is very cool. He's very stylish. He's got a jazz quartet, for fuck's sake, Sam. Of course he's... But, like, I think with Jeff, like, from a personal standpoint, I, if he's in a movie, I'm like, awesome, thumbs up. Like, Thor Ragnarok, for me, that's perfect Jeff Goldblum casting, because he's playing, right. you know, you've seen Thor Ragnarok, right? No. Women to do, Anima! I've not okay. seen Ragnarok. That, that might make you understand Jeff Goldblum, because that I think that was the most efficient and effective harvesting of his brand. Okay. Putting it into a movie to make that movie cool and fun, yeah. which old Thor movies definitely weren't. But like, I love Jeff Goldblum. If he's in something, I'll be like, awesome, great. He He's like a modern Christopher Walken for me. Yeah. You know, he's going to yeah, play yeah, himself. Yeah. No, he, yeah. yes, yes. He's, the, yeah. he's that guy. Again, Walken is in the same realm. Kind of weird guy. Kind of brilliant, though. Yeah. Does seemingly the same role almost all the time, but it's a lot more nuanced and no one else can do it but him. The roles are written for him. Is it he the voice? For- is it a unique voice? voice? Mm. Is that the distinguishing thing that makes you an internet man? Now, Christopher Walken and Jeff Goldblum, there's a podcast that Ooh. you're allowed to make. If Walken wants to start vlogging, show me his shopping haul. I'm, I'm cool <laughs> with that. 
hey, guys. <laughs> this gold watch. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, go- Goldblum, I- I'm not sure I get it yet. I, okay. that, now I can feel as I'm saying this the comments and replies. I can feel them underneath me, oh. even, even though that this isn't out in the open yet. I can feel it's it already. Happen. They're being preemptively mm. written, Sam. In case you decide, I mean, you you similarly didn't get the hype about Billy M. Bill Murray, and I think I'm on board these days a bit. You, you know. know, you enjoyed his performances. I think you should watch this now and. Be open to loving Jeff. Oh, I'm keeping an open Jeff. mind, open heart. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't. I understand that the fan base is very intimidating because, mm. like, I love him, but like, the, I'm never going to buy like a you know a big Jeff Goldblum poster to stick up on my wall. Probably not. When I saw the giant shirtless Jeff Goldblum statue in London, I thought, okay, that's maybe taking the joke a step in the direction. Of and it being didn't too look far. a fucking thing like him when you went up close <laughs> no. to it. It was scary, that thing. The, the Ed Sheeran one in Russia looked more like him than that. Like, like an was... Ed Sheeran one in Russia? There is. Ed Sheeran is, is taking over Russia, baby. Hold on. All right, so I'm just, I've looked up Ed Sheeran. St- oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, right. But it's doing the same Goldblum pose. It's a whole thing, I think. What the fuck was that? The uh, It's the internet, my friend. They've got, they've got it in Russia now, too. Oh. Memes and everything. Oh, no. That's... That's not good. I like now, that one less than the Goldblum one. Okay. I'll now, tell you Sam, that for now. There's obviously a, a litany of Hollywood blockbuster megastars in this big-time action movie. What of this movie, plot-wise, do you know? What happened? Aliens. Okay, aliens. aliens. Aliens blow up the White House, mate. Oh, you know that, because they gave that way in the trailer, didn't they? Yeah. I think it's on the DVD cover, actually. I think it's, it's that is like... <laughs> is that not the poster? It, like, yeah. Yeah. Aliens blow up the White House. That's a... You know what? Big fucking game there, lad. Seriously. That's, that's you know, showing your strong. money shot on the poster. That's strong, I think like. that's on the poster. There's a UFO No, you're right. It was. It was. Yeah. Aliens blow up the White House. Yeah. I imagine this movie then poses the question, what then? Yeah. You know? Okay. What now? And with regards to any important lines of dialogue or moments or speeches from this movie, is there anything right, you're aware yeah, of? Yeah. I've had it with these motherfucking aliens blowing up this motherfucking White House. I don't know. You don't I, know? Ever People in the comments where I put the vote up were like, oh, I can't wait for him to see the talk about the speech. I'm like, I don't know what speech. So... You've I'm heard not aware of the speech. Interesting, because they, I think they did a sequel to this the other year, didn't they? It's like yeah. really randomly Resurgence. timed. I don't think I know a single person who saw that. That just came no. and went. That was yeah. so weird. But this, I remember this was like one of those movies when I was a kid that it was like, oh, okay, every toy in the shop is an Independence Day toy. Every ad on TV is an Independence Day ad. Like I was targeted hard, even though mm. I think the movie is 12s. You know, I don't know if I was quite ready to see the White House be destroyed. <laughs> Highest grossing film of 1996. Wow! Yeah. How about that? So, yeah. I would have been a ripe eight years old when I saw this one. Mm. And as you're a few years younger than me, this is probably one of the ones that was just like... I would have been too young to really even... Yeah. Well, no, I was, I was aware that it existed. I mean, do um, you know, like, did, did, did the family go see it? Was this one that your brother saw? Well... B- Almost certainly, but also what I think has happened is that my family's collective memory, and by family I mean my mum and dad, their memory of this has fused with their memory of Armageddon, uh, which, is, which I yeah. have seen. Okay, similar similar themes of space and 1990s. Yeah, and also very high-grossing, big-deal film. But they've kind of fused together 
in the mind of my family. So when I mentioned Independence Day to my dad, he was like, oh yeah, Bruce Willis. And I was like, Bruce Willis? I mean, maybe Bruce Willis is in this. I don't know, but I don't no think he is. No movie could handle Willis and Smith on the same screen, surely. No. That's Bru- too much star power. I don't know who Will Smith's character is. You know, I mean, can you assume that he's the hero? I would have thought you know that much. Yeah, but why? What's why? his role? What do you? What could you think could Will Smith's role in this be? Chief. It, maybe he's like an alien researcher. You're going to cast Smith as the researcher, and what's Goldblum going to do then? He's going to shoot all the aliens. <laughs> I'm really upset I'm not going to go see that movie now where Jeff Goldblum shoots down aliens while Will Smith is the guy in the chair in the lab, like, feeding him data. Neither of them is the president, right? I'm not oh, saying. Don't, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. Oh, okay. No, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what happens other than aliens attack and they blow up the White House. I mean, yeah, honestly, getting into any finer detail than that, if, if, you, if you don't know anything else, I doubt it's going to be... I mean, that is broad strokes. What we're going to see is two hours and 40 right. minutes of that, basically. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, in um, that case, I'm excited. I've not seen this one since I was a wee young lad, and okay. I remember loving the fuck out of this. This was so, like, oh, feel-good summer blockbuster hit. Mm. And I had this thing in the back of my head... That in the trying, turbulent times that we live in these days, sure. that this, a truly feel-good action movie, yeah. is one of the best things ever. And I All don't right. think there's many of those. There's a lot of mean-spirited action movies, or action movies that have heart, but also are pretty much comedies. Yeah. And now, I think this is going to hold some, you know, you know, red-blooded, good old-fashioned, let's all save the earth together. And I think this might actually do the soul a bit of good, he says before watching this long movie. I hope, so. yeah, the only other caveat is, it is long. It is long. And we know what I'm like. We know what you're like. So. And, it's, and it's hot as well, so you might get to see Sam be hot and bothered. And we, <laughs> we've already heard my bullshit Goldblum take, so we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm interested. I'm curious. I'm excited. All right. Well, we're not going to go quietly into that night, but instead, we're going to go do a cinema swirl. Hey! Fuck me, it is so hot. And we're back! (laughs) And here we are. Indiana Day and the Temple of Aliens. Sam, initial good reactions to the patriotic, fist-thumping, Bill Pullmaning movie that we've just watched. I'm fucking boiling. Just kidding. That was a banging movie. I love that. Yeah? uh, It feels like summer right now. It's very hot. And that was a summer blockbuster right there. I tell you. That was was a bloody blockbuster. It was a hot dog is what it was, my friend. Yes, please. Pop some mustard on there, and I'm having it. You don't just need to hear it from the aficionados at Hot Dog Magazine. It is a certified <laughs> Frank Furter of a movie. So, what? You, you had fun then? That's the, the, our primary takeaway at the beginning? Yeah, I had a really fun time. Okay. That was very enjoyable. I think we need to just set the scene a little bit here, mm-hmm. because this is a most unusual swirl set of circumstances. Uh, you may have heard in the first part of the episode, brief mention of the temperatures which we are experiencing. And mm-hmm. Sam, how would you describe those temperatures? Really, really hot. Like, very, like, full-on hot. Yeah. 
proper yeah. hot, like you know, Big not hot. diet hot, not reformulated hot, so it's slightly less hot. I'm talking full on hot, full fat and hot. <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> yeah. where I was, you know, I'm Manchester, and yesterday mm. was the second hottest day of the year. And because it's a long movie, we've had an overnight job with this one because it's it's you know two hours twenty five or whatever. So today it is the actual hottest day of the year. Woo! So, there's a couple of provisos in effect because of this. Firstly, this is the first time that I've ever, in my mind, actually genuinely thought about cancelling a podcast because of weather. <laughs> That's never <laughs> happened <laughs> before, like... But we're here, goddammit. We're here, goddammit. But uh, unusual circumstances, Sam. How, how are things a bit different for you and I now this time around? I don't have a shirt on. Yeah, I'm, I'm also... I'm straight up naked right here. <laughs> so it's more of a raunchy episode than we've ever had before. It is. But because yeah. of my Catholic shame mm. and also my Catholic guilt, we also don't have the video on our Skype call <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> because it would be too upsetting to both of us, I think. But... But before you go think that we're smelly prudes or anything like that, right? The way it went was this, was that you said because it was so hot that you wanted to have your curtains closed. And you were like... I don't want any lights on. You don't want any lights on, you want the curtain, because you wanted to not get hotter. And I was like, Mm. okay, I understand that. My curtains are drawn here as well. And then you're like, oh, well, because of that, I guess, you know, because we won't be able to see each other so well, I guess we'll just do audio only. And then you said, well, I might as well just take my shirt (laughs) off. (laughs) (laughs) go go play the football Uh, and as a result i mentally made the decision to be nude for this so this is the first nude podcast that i have ever done we can't um, see each other but we know yeah and now you know as well yeah how you feeling about that sam i'm feeling great about it i'm sure our listeners are loving it yeah Uh, if you're at home listening nude as well or topless whichever way you know hashtag team sam hashtag team kevin you know are are you topless or naked i've realized this this starts to sound a bit like a like a fan fiction of the podcast (laughs) Oh no, it's too high. <laughs> oh, Sam, I know that you can't drink Pepsi, but what about if I pour it all over my chest? <laughs> so, let's get into this hot summer blockbuster before we yep. die of exposure. Kevin, those titles. Oh, I, I fucking love them. I'm a big That's fan. That's great. Yeah. I'm a big, big fan. Oh, straight in as well. No messing around. Like, it's Independence Day. It's July the 2nd, which is not Independence Day, but the film's called Independence Day, so we have to... That was a bit jarring. Yeah, very jarring. I'll let them get away with that. Then cut to the American flag on the moon, baby. And then there's a shadow coming over the moon. Uh-oh, what's that? When, Sam, did it become no longer acceptable for movies to explode themselves onto the screen? Like, you like that, you know? I loved that. It was so loud and aggressive. <laughs> Independence Day, July the 2nd. It was a very auspicious start, let's just say. So yes, the the United Moon of America is under attack by alien invaders. Kevin, I love how quickly this movie just goes, hey, there's some fucking aliens on the moon. There's no, like, here's what the world is like at the moment. It's like, there's aliens on on the moon, mate. You want you want to know what the world's like at the moment? Take a look around you. It's 1996. Bill Pullman's in office. You know, you remember the years. <laughs> I thought it was quite clever that... I say clever. A bit, a bit obvious, but I liked it. That the lads in the kind of... Are they in a control room? Is that where Jeff Goldblum 
works. What is it? Jeff Goldblum, where he is, yeah. seems to be in a... His, I mean, we don't see it till later, but he seems to be working in, like, a, a news outlet or an agency of some sort. I think he's meant to be, like, the science guy for, like, ah. a, a TV station or something like that, because they're all talking about reporting and, and, and stuff like that. But, you know, obviously he's just... Right. You know, very aloof and being Jeff Goldblum. I have to say right now, okay, because this is a solid 10 out of 10 performance from Jeffy G. And mm. I was just wondering if you got it now, if you had your Bill Murray aha moment while watching this movie, where do you stand with Jeff? Honestly, I get it. He, it, he was very charming. This. Yay! <laughs> yeah. It was an enjoyable performance. There are some bits later on that I'll get to where I'm like, mm, but for the most See, part... Sam was basically it. like the parent who'd only seen the new boyfriend on Twitter and Facebook and heard people talking about him and had a bit of an idea about what they might be like. But when he came round for tea, it was absolutely lovely. He, he charmed, was so polite. The charmed the pants off you. Yes. Literally, he's charmed the pants off me and the top <laughs> off of you, lad. So the lads, wherever Jeff is, they're listening to REM, It's the End of the World as We Know It, or something like that, because there's aliens on the moon, so it wait, probably wait, is. Wait, is Jeff in the satellite station at the start? I thought we didn't see him till later. Oh, is he not? I can't no, remember. I thought he I went don't think into he is. there. No, so, it's okay, separate. You know, these sets look very similar, but somewhere they're listening to R.E.M. It's the end of the world as we know it and it looks like it's nearly going to be the end of the world. I know. This is like kind of uh, if you had a movie that was set on a train and you played Crazy Train at the start <laughs> of that movie, you know? You missed out on Deadly Ground 2. You could have done that. You could have done big business with Ozzy, but whatever, man. That's no no skin off my nose. So yeah, they're getting a radio signal yeah. from an other world. Shit. It's, re- it's close. This and signal is close. Sure, who's there now? Who is? I think right. I know we've got a we've got a big big anniversary, big number coming up for this, and we're going to do a lot bash, of it. Yeah, big 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 time number coming up soon, and we'll spend a lot of time, I'm sure, reflecting and whatnot because uh, mm. there won't be much to talk about in the movie that we'll be doing. <laughs> but um, <I laughs> Robert Logia has been in so many so movies. Many. Yeah. Like, I think to the point where people are going to think that this, you know, this recent run of Swirl, where we've been probably releasing episodes more frequently than we ever have before. Mm. And what have most of these episodes got in common? It's Robert Logia, be it big, be it Scarface. You know, he is here and he is once again a delight on my screen. He's the catalyst for our renewed productivity. (laughs) He's He's fucking aliens. (laughs) Don't they fucking know I got a barbecue coming up? I gotta fucking rip out their hearts and shiver up their biomechanical suit. Oh, they breathe fucking oxygen. Good, I'm gonna fucking choke the life out of them. Is he Chief Army Man? Like, what? what's his job? I think his official title is Big Army Brass. Big Army Brass. <laughs> I'm also, Sam, very happy you didn't have to see me do that upsetting impression while naked. <laughs> I'm very happy there's no one here at the moment. <laughs> so we're in the Pentagon at that point with him. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to like a nice family man with a deep voice on the phone to his wife. He's in. It looks like he's in a hotel with his daughter. He must be like some sort of Joe Everyman, like you <laughs> and me, Sam. He seems like such a regular guy. He let his daughter stay up to watch Letterman. But oh, hold on. He's the President of the United States of America. Say what? Pull back and reveal, baby. That regular dude, he's the leader of the free world. Whoa. And he's got a less than 40% approval rating. And uh. they say that he can't even get his crime bill passed. All the senators were like, you know what? I like crime. I love crime. 
All my life is crime. The transitions and titles and stuff in this film are, are so dramatic. We established that with the stuff at the start, but even cuts between places have these yeah, big... And, like, flashy... It's so... It's such a weird cut that I've never seen before. Okay, right. There's something yeah. about this movie which, I mean, I'd seen a lot as a kid. Yeah, loved yeah. Loved it. This is a VHS purchase, you know, mm. that, that was that was un- unquestionably going to happen. But I was wondering if you noticed any similarities between this movie mm. and some other movie, bracket ease that we have done on this podcast before. I've made a few Star Wars comparisons. Yeah, abs- there's mega Star Wars There's some office. bits later where I'm like, this is just fucking Star Wars. <laughs> it is straight up Star Wars. So much of it. And you know what? This was 96. The mm. re-release of the Star Wars original trilogy came in 97 to mark the 20th anniversary of episode 4. Right. So this was like, I think, the last possible moment where you could actually be derivative of Star Wars and kind of get away with it. Like, Yeah, yeah. What are they going to do? Make more of them? <laughs> get out of town, like. We meet Jeffy Goldblum. He's playing chess in the park with his dad. Him and his pep-pep playing chess-chess. We get some nice character building because he's divorced, but he still wears his wedding band. I wonder if that'll come up later. I mean, he's so charming. You never really divorce Jeff Goldblum, do you? Like, no, no. And just so everyone knows, his character will be referred to as Jeff Goldblum throughout this movie. What is his actual name? Is it Martin or something? Like Dan? Dan? No, like, when, Dan when the other Daniel? characters were calling him, like calling him stuff, I'm like, you idiots! It's Jeff. You got his name. Look, did you see him get his name wrong? He's going to be the president. He doesn't even know who Jeff Goldblum is. You fucking idiot! No wonder your approval rating sucks, Pullman. I've written Jeffy for every instance. <laughs> Jeff. Jeff Goldblum's character. Uh, straight up JG here for the abbreviations uh, among us. So uh, yeah, I'll tell you what though. Much like Star Wars. You do have this bit at the start, like the first 20, 30 minutes of the movie is like, here's some people here. What? Here's some people somewhere completely different. Oh, Whoop. yeah, yeah. Here's some people over here. How will they ever come together? Establishing all these characters in their little places. So uh, we get Jeff. He goes to where he works, The you know, as a report science man, reported science man. We've got Harvey Fierstein, Firestein, who voices Carl in that one Simpsons episode. You know, really deep-voiced Carl. The guy who's got the voice like this. Oh, I love that. Has, I does love he his do the voice, voice of the the big heads, the the the, uh, the frogs from Rocco's Modern Life, the the wife? Because she's got the voice like this as well. I've got oh. no idea, but that oh. voice to me just oh, lovely, Beautiful. delicious he, voice. He, he should have been the star of this movie. Check out Jeff Goldblum riding his bicycle around like a fucking rebel. He's all concerned about recycling and boring shit like that rather than the important alien stuff that everyone else is concerned about. What a nerd. The good old days in the 1990s where being like, you know, remotely concerned about the environment is like a quirky character trait <laughs> in the oddball <laughs> sense. Look at this guy over here. Well, what are you going to do? Save the planet. Ha ha ha. Another cut that we get to to other people in a different place. We've got some kids in the California desert. <gasps> Who's their dad some some mad wazak in a plane do you recognize him should i recognize him yes who is he it's only randy quaid from friggin national lampoon's christmas vacation oh oh god it's thingy isn't it it's the um the cousin guy who comes yeah. to stay so it's oh, there, fuck there it is oh man oh, now the problem with this that level of mad cap tomfoolery with this with this hot weather and then i saw this guy here coming up on the screen sam yeah and i just thought back like oh 
National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, winter. Lovely, cool thing. I was just thinking, like, oh, just spray me with that shit pipe, because I imagine it's just, like, nice and cool now, and it would just be calming compared to the heat that we're dealing with, you know, because I imagine it's very, very much less than the 35 degrees that we have. My back is like a waterfall at the moment. (laughs) Now, Sam, don't go chasing waterfalls, okay? (laughs) Don't you dare. Don't you dare. I, I want to be a waterfall and my dream has finally come true. This guy in his plane. Something about a pilot hat. You know the kind of pilot hat? Yeah, I love those boys. Suggests silliness to me. And that seems rude to the pilot community. But <laughs> Like, if you got onto a long-haul flight and was like, this is your captain speaking, I just want everyone to know that I'm wearing my silly hat that makes me look like... <laughs> I don't know why that is. <laughs> who's that kind of like rubbish comedian who's very old fashioned who wears that hat? What's it? Hey, you talking about Roy Chubby Brown? Oh, Roy hey. Chubby Brown. Yeah, he wears hey. like a. <laughs> <laughs> ah, no, no, but you have to laugh, ladies and gentlemen. You have to laugh. Is, I, I suppose it might be more that it's not an airline pilot, it's a private pilot. It's someone who's decided they want to fly a plane solo. Just or for the joy is of the flight. Reg Baron from Wayne. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Suggests silliness, villainy, or both. Meanwhile, in space, discs are form, and they're very futuristic looking. This is back yep. in the 90s, where the only thing more sci fi and space age than a disc was a mini disc. That's like, you know, pretty much god tier sci fi right there. I think that's where all those AOL trial discs came from, <laughs> was that UFO? Back in the mid 90s, they all just <laughs> fell out of there, and scooped them up, and had to give them out. So, President holds court with the They've got like 25 minutes to figure out what the frig is going on because it's coming their way. They all reckon that whatever it is, it's coming from the moon, so it's got to be some sort of like big piece of debris or something like that. Yeah. Oh, these discs are massive, aren't they? They're they're, they're little discs compared to the big, big disc, but on Earth, it's like it could cover a big chunk of New York, for example. And we have pandemonium in Mm. Russia. This is like 1996 where like, you know, Russians were, you know, they were still being portrayed as being baddies, but we don't really know why. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, pandemonium. And then the planes that are trying to check them out, they go boom. And it turns out that maybe this isn't just debris and these aren't just any old discs in the sky. No, these are bad discs. (laughs) These are corrupted discs. Evil discs causing (laughs) shadows. I tell you what, Kevin, this president seems like a great guy because he's like you know what I don't want to go to the secure location I want to stay right here in the White House and die <laughs> yeah he's, he's the Pepsi Max of presidents would you rather go to the bunker with the cabinet or would you rather stay in the White House with your mates and I'm like yeah obviously like. and definitely be killed <laughs> Jeff hasn't been paying attention to what's going on, so he comes in and he's like, oh, I've figured out the code. They're really far away, but they're, they're probably going to be gone in, in a little while. And everyone's like, no, 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 they're, they're hovering over the world, mate. They're poised to kill us. He's been too focused on, on cracking the code from the transmission. What a silly science boy he is. I assume that Jeff is doing a lot of work off camera in this movie because he's several eureka moments. They're then buttressed and backed up by data, programs that he's made, like... I- you you know, machinations beyond anything of this world. It's very impressive work. You, you know what, Kevin? I love stuff like that, though. I love the fact that, like, in modern movies, I think, modern blo- 
blockbusters, you would have to add some sort of pseudoscience into the script, or even real science into the script, mm. to justify being like, I've figured out this code. But he's just like, I've listened to it loads of times, and I've figured it out because I'm smart. It was a simpler time. Later on, he's like, I'm going to put a computer virus in the aliens... Because I know how to do that. And no and one questions like, oh, it. Of course. Why it's didn't we think fine. of that? Like, yeah. Like I love putting that. too much air in a balloon. We don't need all the actual details of what happens. We just need the broad strokes. He's got a computer virus or he's figured out a code because he's clever. We're too tech savvy for, for this type of low-key storytelling these days. It's like how in every horror movie you have to have a scene where someone looks at their phone and go, damn, out of web fluid so they can't use it, you know? <laughs> I mean, nowadays, Jeff would just hold up Shazam to the transmission <laughs> from the aliens and he'd figure out what it was. But that's not as fun as what we get here. We get some more character development from old Russ, right? Randy Quaid, mm. it was kidnapped by aliens when he was a youngin', and everyone's making fun of him, going, oh, do they probe you? Oh, do they do sexy things with you? And he's all Very funny down. stuff. Very, very funny Hilarious. stuff. The, the idea of a man having sex against his will with an alien, that is a quality humour right Imagine there. Imagine how scared he would be. That's... Ah! Hilarious. Very, very good. And no one believes him. Mm. <laughs> uh-huh. Goodness. So, yeah, a really cool shot here. This is, you know, after you get introduced to Will Smith, he's asleep while all this is going on. Yeah. But the, the iconic shot, this is the trailer money shot right here, where the, the big discs emerge from the clouds. Oh, yeah. Oh. Scary stuff. Is this all... This is all models, isn't it? There is some very, very early rudimentary CGI in this. There is. There's a couple of CGI choppers and birds in this. Birds is in choppers, folks. Keep up. But yeah, this is a lot of miniature work. And honestly, it looks so perfect and brilliant. It looks great. Yeah. I don't know why... uh, It's not really been a... I can't think of any films that have gone... No, let's just use actual miniatures again. Oh, there is one, actually. You know, I think you might have seen it. You know, um, Moon with Sam Rockwell. Is that all? That's all miniatures, yeah. Apparently, yeah. And that's that's really awesome. Someone pointed out to me the other day, Goldeneye, that uses loads of miniatures as well. That's from, like, you know, 97 or whenever it is. Like, most of the iconic shots are, you see, like, big stuff. It's just, like, clever little miniatures on top of doors behind them and stuff like that. Have you seen Goldeneye? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I love Goldeneye. I love the game, and I watched the film many a time. Now, tell me now, uh, how is your, your, your general Bond level of, of watching? Because I think we could do a Bond swirl swill if you've not seen many. I've not seen enough that I've seen loads. I've seen okay. a few. Right. Uh, folks, we, we may need to try and have a little chat with Sam and see which of the Bonds that he has and also which of the Bond movies are considered to be legitimate classics. Yeah, uh, and which are poop. <laughs> I cannot wait to watch View to a Kill with you, Sam. I, I can't either. Sounds fabulous. Will Smith finds out what's up. There are actual aliens. The mm-hmm. little kids, his girlfriend's kid is like, oh, I'm out playing shooting aliens. There were actual aliens outside. That's great. Love stuff like that. Everyone's packing and trying to leave because there's a big UFO nearby. There's a London one. There's a Cockney UFO as well. We see that. Oi! That's exciting. Oi! <laughs> What's that Oi! disc up there? <laughs> no, not in Ireland, though, because they thought, well, they've already had enough of that, haven't they? <laughs> you know? The aliens had a little sit down and they're like, all right, okay, we'll, look. We'll let them off the hook. <laughs> Vikings, Normans, the hated British, 
and aliens. Come on now, that's a bit. Your plate is too full. Go back to the Toby Carvery and put back some of those pork loin. <laughs> Absolutely. Jeff's figured out the transmission was a countdown and that the aliens are going to attack when they get the signal that the end of the countdown has happened. I'm really glad that Jeff speaks alien. Yeah, I, again, I do like that there's no explanation as to how he's figured this out. But also I don't like it because I do sort of want to know. Like, my the brain inside of me is like, hang on a second, but the actual movie-watching experience, mm. which ultimately demands that the brain not be involved when it comes to Independence Day, overrides that. Have you seen Arrival? Yes. I mean, some of the stuff that Jeff does off-camera, Arrival stretched out into a whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think, honestly, from the first bit we talked about, Jeff, to the bit you just mentioned there... That is Arrival. That is yeah. like the whole movie. <laughs> the whole of Arrival happened between them and now. There's a whole room full of really depressed-looking scientists working around the clock with Jeff that never get any screen time. Yeah. So we got a lot of people kind of, you know, on the move, trying to get around here. You find out that Jeff Goldblum's ex is actually the president's communications lady. Yes. Whoa. And lots of foreboding here as everyone's making their way. Randy's going in his RV with his boys. You know, Jeff Goldblum and his dad are there, and they're, like, trying to get through the traffic. And he's like, what? You think Washington won't be there oh no don't don't you be saying that the kids in the california desert i think one of them is the son of randy quaid has this wonderful line that is very smooth it was that i don't want to lose my virginity before (laughs) the end of the world man wait i don't want to lose my virginity (laughs) i don't want to not lose my virginity i want to die a virgin please don't have sex with me this will be our last night on earth you don't want to die a virgin do you very smooth. That's the one way to get someone to have sex with you, to imply that, well, we're going to die. So, I mean, that is well. romantic, isn't it? You know, that is... that. I mean, they say romance is dead, and then you hear lines like that, and you kind of think, man, you know, that would set anyone's heart to flutter. You tell me the world is dying, and I have no choice but to have sex with you? <laughs> Sign me up. One funny thing is the news, they're asking Americans not to fire their guns at the UFOs. Which oh, yeah, is... there's a lovely sign. It's like, you know, like, alien, and like a line through the handgun. I love that. I mean, this... We're, we're watching this at a good time, vis-a-vis all the Storm Area 51 one bollocks that's going on at the moment i mean anti-alien or pro-alien sentiment is is amok amongst today's culture i think that's the issue with the area 51 is that there is both a lot of anti and pro-alien sentiments converging into one area yeah i'm not sure what they actually want (laughs) answers sam answers there's a little visual gag so will smith's character who i'll be referring to as will smith Mm -hmm. he's a pilot fighter pilot very good he's in the kind of changing room of the pilot zone where they get into their special top gun suits his mate talks about how you have to kiss a bunch of ass to get a promotion in this place and then he kind of mimes kissing will smith's ass he kind of gets on his knees and then he finds a ring in will smith's stuff like an engagement ring it's like whoa what's this and so he's already on his knees and he's showing will the ring that he's found and someone else comes across them and it looks like he's proposing to Will Smith, and that's wah, wah. a really laboured <laughs> visual gag. Just it took like, us a while to get there. Like. It took so long for this. Don't, just don't like, let Sam's lengthy description fool you, folks. It took us it that, long that long to get to the gag. Like. Yeah. <laughs> 
Is Jeff heading towards Washington to try and get his ex-wife to get out of here, or is he doing it for that and also because he needs to tell the president, like, there's a big countdown? Only only Jeff Goldblum knows. I think it's a little from column A and a little from column B. But what is good, though, Sam, is that even though, you know, there's aliens and, you know, everywhere and there's lots of protesters out there and there's Mm. people who are fans of the aliens and there's loads of, you know, loads of chaos, Jeff Goldblum is able to find the wherewithal to triangulate the data and jack uh, into his wife's phone. Again, a nonsensical explanation that I, I love. He, I love He it. can just do it, because yeah. he's smart. She's using Foursquare sound, that's why. She's the <laughs> mayor of the White House, and he's like, oh, well, we know where she is. <laughs> oh, they, so they go to the White House, and his dad has my favourite line in the movie. I can't be walking around here. I look like a schlemiel. A, sh- a schlemiel? I love Yiddish. I love Yiddish. Yeah. Fr- Schmuck is a great goddamn word. Schmuck's Schmier. fantastic. I love the sh- I love that that starting letter. But mm. a schlemiel is fucking brilliant. Anyone knows what a schlemiel is, do hit me up on Twitter, because I do want to know. The president, after hearing from Jeff and his dad, finally wants to get the fuck out of here. I think all it took was someone saying, you know those aliens are probably going to blow the White House up, right? Because... <laughs> That's really likely based on the fact there's a countdown. And so it's gone, yeah, good point. Let's get out of here. I love that the big dramatic line is they're using our satellites. Pretty smart of the aliens, to be fair. But those are ours. You're not allowed to use those. It's like stealing your neighbor's Wi Fi. Yeah. They should have encrypted the passwords on, yeah. on, on that. You know, that's it's our own fault. Like lazy, you know, nineteen ninety six laissez faire password non protection. That's what you get. It's your own fault for leaving it so vulnerable. So um, yeah, they try to communicate with them with I think like lights and stuff. Mm. Laser kills them. So the aliens are pretty much like they're too cool for school. They don't care that they've got loads of adoring fans. They're like like the libertines or something like that. A real cool band. Just <laughs> care. It's just you know, some, you know what? Pete is just gonna destroy the White House anyway mate yeah <laughs> I love that that was your go to for like <laughs> cool band and, and I will say as well yes the White House is a very large fried cooked breakfast that Pete already just demolishes in one oh. go remember that when he ate that big breakfast uh, the look on his face he was so happy but also so full looking <laughs> it was the happiest and fullest I'd ever seen him <laughs> God, God bless him glad he's still around now, there, uh, there came a, a point here where Joe wandered in while I was watching this. Mm. And she says, is this movie is boring as I remember it being? I go, well, I've just had around 10 minutes of cities exploding and there's another 10 minutes on the way. So, for me, no. <laughs> no. I mean, people running from big explosions in New York obviously feels extra upsetting now. Mm, yeah, uh, that's true. A bit unfortunate. But there, are, there is some good, you know, everyone around the world running from everything blowing up. I do like the kind of taxis crashing into each other calamity. I feel like that's been used in a few films. You know, everyone kind of like getting out of their cars, looking up, everything crashing into each other. It's just a mess. There was big uh, hot fuss about this when it came out because they, you know, they used the, the White House exploding. That was like, you know, it was everywhere. Like, I think, I'm think i pretty sure mm. I got a free miniature White House exploding toy in my Kellogg's like at the time. <laughs> like, hey kids, why don't you try to destroy the White House? But I do remember there was controversy people at the time saying it was like it was un-American or unpatriotic to uh, support a show, a movie that destroys that building being blown up. Nah, it's fine. I think that London has got some of the most destructible buildings. Yeah? You know, I mean, Big Ben, you want to see the fireball come out of the clock face. Yeah, absolutely. Houses of Parliament are already kind of very slowly exploding onto itself over (laughs) the course of many years already. (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I don't think anyone would want to blow anything up in Dublin now, you know, because you don't want to blow up the spike or anything like that. We're, we're a, lo- a low-lying country, you know, mm. generally speaking. So don't go after Temple Bar. Leave Dublin alone, all right? And just stay away, you know? Go, go over to England. They've got loads of tall buildings. Manchester's yeah. got fuckloads of them. <laughs> If, you, if you're listening, aliens, I don't know why I just told the aliens to avoid my homeland and attack, attack my where actual you are. home, where I am. So go after Nottingham. Yeah, they've got hey. Ro- Robin Hood. He robbed from the aliens and gave to the poor, didn't oh. he? Think about it. You've got to get your revenge on him. Don't get me blown up by aliens. I think Deep Gravel Voice Man is dead. He was in a car trying to get away, and he just died. Oh, I have a lot of time, Sam, for people going, oh, crap. Not just in that <laughs> voice, but anyone saying, oh, crap, or oh, shit, before they die. That yeah. is, like, peak, peak movie for me. I do want that those to be my final words, even if I'm not in a, you know, dramatic accident or a big calamity. I just want to go. Sam Chaplin passed away quietly, surrounded by friends and family, after a short illness and saying, oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would be fun. So the Air Force One, which the whole gang, I mean the president, Jeff, Jeff's dad, they just managed to fly out of the path of the explosion. I do love people kind of just getting out of the big orange ball of explosioni. What you see, Sam, from my science degree, I can tell you that heat is solely contained within the orange of any given explosion. As long as you're outside of the orange. Heat doesn't travel, Sam. You know, it doesn't, you know. Like, if you've got a hot plate and put it beside another hot plate, unless you draw an orange line, it's not going to get... That heat transferred. I tell you, Kevin, it feels like we're in the orange at the moment because, little reminder, it's hot. It is hot. Thank you, Sam. I had literally forgotten for the briefest of seconds. I'm so sorry. Thank you for dragging me back into this. We get Air Force One flying out of the path of explosion, but we also get Will Smith's girlfriend's dog. Yes, jumping out from an explosion. Such a good boy. That I love that. That was great. Dog dramatically jumping out of the way of an explosion. Give me that all day. Make that the whole film. Just loop that. Give me that gif. When the guy with the cool voice died, I was like, oh. But then it was like, you know what? You could kill 20 of my favourite subplot characters as long as this (laughs) dog gets to heroically live. (laughs) Yes! Yeah! So, July the 3rd now. Independent... Oh, no, sorry. That's not... Independence Eve. (laughs) Twas the night before independence. Mm. Will wants to get up there and whoop E.T.'s ass. With all of his fellow pilots. I love the shot that you see at the start where it's just like, yeah, Statue of Liberty is, is destroyed and more destroyed than if it was done by apes in Planet of the Apes. Yeah, it's... I mean, what happened to the Statue of Liberty? It's just, it's fallen over, but it's all, it's all fucked up as well. It's right on its side, like, you know. <laughs> I think Charlton Heston just would have put his hands on his hips and went, for fuck's sake, at that point, and walked away in disgust. <laughs> So yeah, Will and the rest of the Rebel Alliance are going to whoop E.T.'s ass. And many boffins died to bring us this information, Sam. This is exactly the scene where they describe And he's like, but wait a minute. With our jet planes, we won't be able to hit a target that small. Then Will Smith's like, come on, am I T-16 back home in Tatooine? I used to hit Wombats all the time. It's no but, no bother. Like, I, it was so like us. It's exactly the same, but that's fine. It, you know and then, what? And when Admiral Akbar came in, I was like, hang on a minute now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> There's no way we can repel alien firepower of that magnitude, Will Smith. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Just do Star Wars again. They all shoot at the UFO, but it's got a force field, so they can't shoot it. They've got to find a way to disable the force field, right? I really liked when, as well, when his white friend did his Jesse Jackson impression. That was really cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> 
not not great that this whole sequence is just a blast like literally in a lot of ways then we're flying around the ufo trying to you know all the tie fighters came out the cuts between the you know direct face on camera inside the cockpit and you know the flying around and the chases and the narrow kind of corridors of alien world it's exactly the same we get Will Smith ejecting out of his fighter thing. After his friend Jimmy dies. Jimmy! Jimmy Noir! Jimmy! <laughs> Jimmy! Tell, I, I won't be able to hear your fun Jesse Jackson impression anymore. Jimmy! <laughs> he was going to do that impression at my wedding. <laughs> Kevin, do you want to know my favourite line of this film? Is it, welcome to Earthshire? Yes, it is. Have you, have you had a wee? <laughs> <laughs> Will opens up the, a fallen alien ship. An alien comes out. And he just punches that alien in the fucking face and says, he welcome to Earth. sparks him out, mate. It's brilliant. Then he sparks him out and then sparks up a cigar and Ooh. says, no, that's what I call a close encounter. Bam! <laughs> fucking amazing. Absolute schlock, but I love it. I this love this. This is perfection of the cheesy mm. variety. There's a big argument on Air Force One. Oh, yeah, after they just casually mention, huh, the vice president and the entire cabinet are dead. Huh. Oh, well. Huh. <laughs> Do you want to just round up a group of ragtag mates and their dad to come with you instead on all of your important missions, Mr. President? Yes, yes, I'd like that a lot. Jeff's dad, he's slagging off all the White House people. He's getting all het up. There's some chat about Area 51. Very topical. Oh, or is there an Area 51 even to begin with? Well, the president says there's no Area 51. There's no spaceship that we recovered. And his little mate, his little White House assistant man... Well, he's probably higher ranking than that. He's a Secretary of Defence. How dare you? Little White House assistant man says, "Mr. President, that's not entirely accurate." What? And we get Jeff, Jeff Goldblum going, "Hold on, which which part?" Uh, a great Jeff line there. Charming. I like. I it. love that. I can't do a good Jeff Goldblum impression. But I really wish I could because he does have a good tone of voice. Well, Sam, the thing about doing a Jeff Goldblum impression is that all you have to Two is actually take several short pauses and really change the speed at um, which you're talking, and you can use those um, those, 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 those those pauses to decide what you are actually going to say. Oh, okay. Can you give it a go then? See if. You- <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I have a lot of time for Will Smith in the desert with a big dirty cigar in his mouth going, Oh, motherfucker alien. I love it. It's so good. I love him kicking the knocked out alien just because he's angry that he's got to drag a dead corpse. Well, it's not dead. A knocked out corpse across the desert. That's he only great. sparked him out like he didn't, yeah, he didn't yeah. you know, he didn't slit his throat or anything <laughs> like that. That would have been pretty scary if you're like, welcome to Earth. You know, he, he was smart enough to capture one alive. Yeah, a bunch of motorhomes speeding their way towards Will in the desert. America's not that big, is it? Because a lot of like, oh, sure, it's a small world. Were you driving out this way into the thousand mile long Nevada desert, were you? <laughs> and they're, they're all heading to Area 51, right? Everyone's or going that way. are they? Yes, they are. It exists. Yep. This is basically like a best case scenario of what is going to happen when Area 51 goes down. The, the, the raid, right? Loads yeah. of people show up and it's like, okay, Jane from Firefight is going to let us in and it's all right, you know? Yeah, and we'll get Dr. Oaken, who's fresh from playing guitar in Dinosaur Jr. <laughs> 
he's here to show the president about why the earth is actually flat like but the look yeah, of them. Well, that first and then secondly oh here's the ufo that we found back in the 60s yeah sam all i want to know is can they be killed <laughs> yeah well kevin they're just as frail as as we are mate don't be talking down the human race we're strong no. virile but you got to get through their advanced technology you know they've no, got esp true. they've got esp and biomechanical suits yeah uh, will smith arrives and he's like have you got your clearance he's like my god damn clearance this fucking alien covered in properly coming motherfucker and i love it it's great uh, we find out we've only got 36 hours until every major city in the world is destroyed so bit of a time pressure on these yeah. guys here and i was looking up going well you only have an hour of the movie left as well now dad so you, there's more than one way that you've got time pressure now the president wants to see the alien he wants Yay! to go and have a look yeah so we get Alien Autopsy, starring Ant and Dec. Ah, we should do that at some point. (laughs) Nope! No? You want to do, like, the most, like... You want to do these horrible fucking English movies like that? Yes. Sex Lies of the Potato. Yes. Man. I want nothing to do with this. I want to do these rubbish English movies. All right. So they're cutting open the alien. It's a lot like the film Alien. Or I assume like the movie Alien Autopsy starring Ant and Dec. I have not seen it. And it's a lot like The Thing as well. Oh, yes. Although, Very like The Thing. Much less tasty looking than The Thing. This looked like kind of like poached meats that had, had like a lot of yeah. like veins and stuff for them. It didn't look It didn't look good. This looks like before they make hot dogs what it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like layers of white connective tissue and like blue veiny bits. Put into a frankfurter, please. Thank you. The good thing about hot dogs is they don't fucking give you a massive jump scare when you try and cut them open, you know? <laughs> you know what the best thing about hot dogs is, Sam? I keep getting older, they keep staying the same age. <laughs> <laughs> the jump scare genuinely shats me up, as it were. Oh, really? When he when he was alive and then his tentacles go... There's a, just a note where they're like starting to cut it open and then it kind of flops open really loudly and there's a big kind of or a stab in the score. Like, and I'm like, oh, shit. It really got me. Fair fucks to them for really trying hard not to do the stereotypical little green men or, you know, the, the little big head grey aliens from, from X-Files or whatever. Yeah. Like, they were trying here with the whole little guys in a suit with the telepathy and the weird silver eyes. They're kind of weird looking. They can do telepathic brain shit because they hurt the Doctor... The weird, you know, long-haired Doctor Man. I don't know if you remember, but there was obviously a theory that the Independence Day, you know, the the, the hype train for that would lead to a lot of children wanting to buy a lot of toys. Mm. But I think from the years of 1996 to 2000, every Poundland in Ireland had at least 26 different colours of the alien from Independence Day on sale. I had like two or three of them. Like I had like a white one and a blue one for a pound and you could open them up and you had a little squidgy guy inside. They were cracking. Ah, no, I don't remember those. I remember the weird kind of alien eggs that you could buy, the generic alien egg. Ah, yes. That would have a squishy alien in the middle. I would go in every week hoping that this would be the week that they put Jeff Goldblum in there, but alas not. <laughs> this whole bit where they're cutting him open and there's like legs everywhere and loads of people presumably killed, it is just like the thing and like alien is and spider-man 2 as well <laughs> this is very much a, an homage to some of those films i think or, I think or so. a rip-off i don't know i mean if you're homaging star wars as much as you are then what is it if not to homage a few others along the way yeah just chuck in all the good stuff from films you've watched that's the best so way to do it. the alien uses the dead doctor to talk to them and he's yeah. like what do you want and he's like fuck off 
You know, it's, ba- <laughs> it's basically like talking with a troll. He's all lowercase. He's a total dickhead. He's got a dog as an avatar. Don't engage with him. He's like a Bond villain. He's like, I expect you to die. That's what I want. <laughs> and then they're like, is this glass bulletproof? And he's like, no, sir, Mr. President. I do not believe it is. He's like, well, why don't you shoot that motherfucking piece of shit? Like, <laughs> tell him how we do it style. Like, <laughs> the, the president, he gets weird head stuff from the alien. And the alien just tells him in his head through ESP, all of his plans. That is really handy. What the... F- that's just... That's I great. He was bragging, Sam. He was like, look what we're going to do. And this is this is all of our plans. Ah, your shit, your shit. But then he got shot to pieces. And you know what I love? This is how wholesome movies were in 1996. And I think how, like... I think Hollywood is always meant to try and hold up a mirror to society. And that's kind of part of its, its job and all that. Mm. And I think, you know... You look back at the mid-90s and it does seem like kind of an oddly misplaced, optimistic time. And when they're like earlier, they're talking about like, oh, they're kind of like us because they're frail and they use oxygen stuff. And then it's like, my God, they go from place to place using every natural resource and they use it up and now they're going to come and kill us and use our natural resources. And no one is like, oh, like us. Like no one's like, wow, <laughs> yeah, that is completely against everything humanity stands for. <laughs> Even though that they're just like a scene happened like four minutes beforehand. Kevin, what's the president's solution to this? Nuke the whales. Let's nuke the bastards. I yeah. gotta nuke something. Oh, this is so 1990s action film. It's perfect. Yeah, well, a, a good-natured humans. Let's use our nuclear weapons it's on just these bastards. Nuke them. Come on. Big and, explosion uh, time. Will jacks a bird to find his family. <laughs> I wrote down Will commandeers a helicopter. So uh, it just yeah. gives you a little background as to the difference between us and kind of the dynamic that makes cinema swell work. Yeah, I'm all about jacking birds. Don't <laughs> use that clip out of context, all right? Because that makes me seem like I've got all sorts of... Yeah, don't, know. And I'm all about commandeering helicopters. <laughs> and welcome to Cinema Swell. Arrest <laughs> him, officer. He's going to commandeer a helicopter. I was merely jacking this bird. Nothing, nothing untoward about that. <laughs> The nuke is launched because the president says deploy. What are they nuking at this point? One of the big... They're nuking the big ship that's hovering over the remnants of Los Angeles, I believe. And the nuke does nothing. I don't really... Yeah, I don't get this bit because they're like, oh, we got the bastards. Hold on, let's wait till we get visual confirmation. We eventually get visual confirmation. Yeah, mate, we missed. But like, the target remains. Early on, they were like, wow, everything we hit them with, you know, they've got this force field that reflects everything. But then they're like, let's use a nuclear bomb. And they just assume they're like, well, that's <laughs> nuke is the, is the last level mission. You know, you, we will win. Didn't work. Didn't work. Obviously, no. it didn't work. Now, Kevin, we haven't really talked about Will Smith's girlfriend going around in an RV picking up people like the First Lady of America. What? You mean the vines that we cut to every two seconds? Like, she's <laughs> yeah. so, she's barely Very short here. scenes. Very, very short. And also to the point it's so short that when it's like, the president's wife is dying, like, wait, that's... Oh, that's her! Okay, all right. We do get a nice reunion between Will Smith and his girlfriend, and he does that cool, like, you're late. Oh, you know, I'd like to make an entrance. That's good. But then we get, oh, the first lady's dying. And then he's like, wait a minute, though, where's Boomer? Is he all right? Like, you know, and then the president's (laughs) like, shut up about that. Where's Boomer? Is he all right? Like... (laughs) President's sad. The music's sad. He explains it to his daughter. His daughter holds his hand and said, Mommy's sleeping now. And Jeff Goldblum yeah, as well. Sleeping. He's having his uh, his night of the darkest hour. He has a, he's a drunken <laughs> environmental tirade where he's like, yeah, maybe I should just not recycle. But like, no, Jeff, the world needs quirky quacks <laughs> like you. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, oh, it's, it's the 4th of July, by the way. USA, Yay! USA, USA. Jeff's getting into the spirit of things by just having a big piss up. 
and good on him, I say. And very handily, after he has a little bit of a, I was going to say a come to Jesus moment with his dad, but his dad is Jewish and so is he, so it's not like, but he, he has a, a eureka moment where his dad mm-hmm. mentions offhandedly like a cold or a virus when he's telling him about how when he lost his faith when his, when his wife died, etc. And then Jeff Goldman's like, I've got an idea. What's that? I've given it a cold. <laughs> I'm going to give the aliens a nasty cold. I'm sorry, cold. Mr. Scientist. Could you dumb it down a little bit, please? We're all PhD professors <laughs> in rocketology over here. <laughs> going to give him a head cold, mate. His plan is to plant a virus into the mothership, but they'd have to fly the UFO that they found in the 60s into the mothership, dock it there, and surely no man is qualified to operate a UFO from the 60s. Well, this is a story. Sit right down on how this movie got turned upside down. If you'd like to take a minute and sit right there, I'll tell you how Will Smith flew higher than air. You know what, Kevin? I've been willing to suspend my disbelief for a lot. I don't think Will Smith... uh, pilot of fighter planes who's never been in space could i mean he's fought aliens but he's not been in space i don't think he could go into a ufo and just know what he's doing but he has so much confidence that you would believe him wouldn't you? i love it do you hear what his actual reasoning and his rationale is i've flown near some of them yeah i'm so familiar with prob- the maneuvers it's like, what the I fuck c- are you talking about you fought them once and you crashed <laughs> So they send out Morse code, which seems quite quaint. Oh, to organize yeah, because the they can use the satellites, obviously. So Morse code yeah. is saving the day, and they're communicating. The thing about this is, and I, it's it's something that I think if the movie was made now, you probably would have a lot more of. Which is they they keep alluding to and saying like, oh, well, Russia and China and Japan and, and Europe and and Middle East, they're all working mm. on this together. You would totally have like a Middle Eastern hero, a Russian hero. You'd have all these people, but everyone in the movie is from America, and yeah. you you just assume it's going well over there in other countries. I, th- I think there's like a British bit where like, oh, the de- de- Americans are launching an offensive on the UFO. Oh, that goes all right. Oy. By Jove. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pullman randomly here. Hmm. I didn't know if this was just me or this Secretary of Defence who, yeah. you know, no, he, he pushes a few bits in here. Like, at one point, he's like, kind of, hey, you should drop the nuke, or, you know, we should send in more fire jets. But then he's like, grabs him, he's like, let me tell you, you sniveling son of a bitch, your ass is fired. I'm not listening to you anymore. And he's like, you can't do that. Now, he was not really a villain, just a dissenting voice, right? Yeah, he's, he's not done enough wrong to justify that kind of thing. This is the sort of thing that needs to get brought up in, like, a half-year review, maybe. Yeah. And- actioned over a longer period of time not just done there and then give him new targets in his performance review don't just fire yeah. him out right like but I guess extenuating circumstances you know it's a bit of a difficult time well they did say at one point they kind of go oh the aliens had hidden a code in our satellite system and I'm like were they going to reveal that the secretary of defense was like <laughs> that's right it was me Mr. <laughs> Pullman now all the countries around the world get this message but because they tried to attack the aliens the first time, they've run out of fighter pilots. But not fighter planes, apparently. So they're just going around, being like, can anyone fly a plane? And luckily, Randy Quaid steps up. They're like, you were in the movie earlier, do you want to fly a plane? He's like, yes, yeah. absolutely. Ever since I was kidnapped by aliens, I've been dying for some payback. So... That's exciting. Will puts a ring on it. Oh, yeah, yeah, he gets married. Pretty (laughs) flying into an alien spaceship to infect the mothership with a computer virus. That's what you need to do before you do that. Some bachelor party that's going to be, am I right? (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Now, I bet Will was kicking himself when he went on and got married like a big Egypt when the best speech in the history of film was happening. Oh, the, the big speech. Oh, I love that speech. It is a good speech. Ah, uh, it's so good. We will not go quietly into the night. I've had uh, these aliens. Are pr- I'm not going to let them win. They're, they're getting right on my nerves. We will not go quietly into the night. Sure, why would we be taking the car out now in that hour of the <laughs> evening? Would you not wait for the bitter day and and make a go of it? And it is Independence Day, and we would like to be independent from them aliens. So let's celebrate our Independence Day. And July 4th will no longer be known as an American holiday. And I'm like, okay, my ears are pricking up there. More bank holidays, you say? Yeah? Yeah. You know what? The president in this is proper, pure presidential you know, this that's, is what that's you want basically what every presidential candidate before the last one was trying to aspire towards was that level of decorum, down to earthness. You know, he's got he's like he's everything. You you never find out if he's Democrat or Republican, but he's everything for all people because he's compassionate, but he's also like let's nuke him. Like he, he's and he's a fighter pilot as well, but he's all you know. He doesn't just give a motivational speech. He then gets in one of the planes to yep. attack the aliens. The president. Is doing that. Baby's gonna fly a big bird. Love that. Great stuff. He gets my vote all day long. Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith get a little uh, pep talk. Is, mm-hmm. uh, Jeff Goldblum gets sick bags from his dad. The one bit I thought was really weird. I mean, I, I like that they had a little kind of your know, subplot about the dad finding his faith again and all that. Yeah. But like when he gives him the sick bags, like you never know, you might need these. And then he gives him the Torah and a, and a kippah, you know, and he's like, he hands them over. And when he hands it over, it does this like magical, like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's like, like it's somehow like you know, just in case you need to cast a spell or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was like it, that little musical sting ruined that moment for me because he's like, no. you, you might need this, and it was it was a lovely little moment there. And then there they are with their cigars, mm. losers. You know what? I I like Jeff Goldblum. I like Will Smith. I mm. like both of their characters. I don't feel like they have all too much in terms of chemistry. Oh, wash your together. mouth out, Sam! Why are you, you saying think- that? Do you think they do? I think when you reach a level of star power, merely yeah. being there with anyone of an equivalent star power... I suppose. Uh, I, I, I think you are going to have what appears to be chemistry, where the reality is you're just picking your job off the floor because Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith are flying a spaceship. Yep, it's... <laughs> And they're in, they go into the big bit, don't they? The big mothership. They're flying, and, uh, you know, obviously Will Smith, he's always wanted to fly in space. He said from the start of the movie that was always a big a big ambition of his. And he's flying off there, and he, he zips it along, and Jeff Goldblum's like, whoa, hold on a minute. He's like, Vew! And he says, I got to get me one of these, so I do. But I think a better, more modern take would have been, this bird is whacked, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, uh, Jeff C-3PO Bloom is all anxious about, oh, we can't go into space. Master Smith, what are you doing? Oh, thank the maker I have my cigar. There is a fun little bit where they try and take off and they bump into the wall and then they have to do it again and there's kind of, you know, they say oops. And like, Orlando Calrissian is like, don't worry, Will, she won't get a scratch. And then after that, he's like, whoa, oh, you know, he's going to have some explaining to do to <laughs> Chewy later. And the uh, the mothership is all spooky and green because it's aliens. It's, it's misty, murky, and possibly damp in there. Sam, mm. I imagine it smells foul. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alien stuff, ugh, yuck. I don't see where it. they make the hot dogs. Get out of there. No, yucky. No, okay, thank you. Okay, we're in. Jack in the drive. 
While all this is going on, the president shoots little alien ship downstairs. Oh, Sam, I I love, love, love that the president of the United States is front and center as well. Taking the big shot. He is right there. Like, my God, Admiral Akbar at least sat in the chair, you know? Yeah, it bounces off, but he takes another shot and it hits, which means they have disabled the force field. Yeah, they're like, they've disabled it. It's, It's not working, though. Oh, but now it is. So you had a range 20 seconds of suspense there. I really thought that <laughs> things weren't going to work out like... So everyone starts firing at Will. Not Will Smith. Um, she they did fire at Will. The- he sacrificed himself. <laughs> Be nice. Jeff's dad is praying. I think that the Secretary of Defence or something comes over to join in with the prayer, doesn't he? Someone yeah, comes I, I in. Think some some guy comes over and he's like, but I'm not even Jewish. And he's like, sit down, sure, it doesn't matter. Nobody's perfect. A little, little goof for you. Very good. But Kevin, they're running out of missiles. Uh-oh, they're not doing enough damage is, is, is pretty much the issue that we're having here. They are one missile down. <laughs> they're exactly one missile down. The big laser starts charging up. And Shit. Russ is like... You know, I've got a missile, don't worry. Missile doesn't work. And then he says, you know what? In the words of my generation, up yours. <laughs> uh, yes. to put us down. Don't Talking about my up yours gen- generation. <laughs> now, I, I, I try as you might, you're baby boomers. You're not the mm. up yours generation. <laughs> if anything, we're the up yours generation. So, so up eat yours. it, old man. Up yeah. yours. <laughs> I really like the hello boys I'm back that's great to say yeah, to aliens I love when he dies die. everyone's like yay and there's <laughs> and a big the explosion and they go to the kids are like sad they're going oh my dad is there they're like yay and your dad's a hero though and they're like yep yeah, guess so yeah he is and the, the kid smiles the kid's like yeah I'm proud of my dad yeah, yeah everything's I'm glad right. my dad died now that spaceship has blown up that's the one that was down on earth but Will and Jeff are still inside upstairs in the big mothership alien ship yeah they're fucked basically because they can't get out and they're getting evil eyes from the evil alien inside and their response to this crisis sam is to stank out their little craft with dirty cigar smoke smoke. (laughs) so they load jolly roger and execute jolly roger now for a minute you might think oh have you switched to watching a pirate film no that's the code name for the big old nuke now Um, i i thought it was because he had obviously uploading a virus and he had a vast to protect himself and that was kind of like piratey themed i like though that they put a special skull gif on it as well yeah that's nice i suppose yeah all of this would kind of be for nothing if the aliens had any kind of antivirus software yeah well there you go you're unprotected like you know they just ran out of the free trial and then thought uh probably be all right that's you, they get their comeuppance for that. Uh, it's 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 very very funny what happens here because they think they're just going to shoot off the missile and kill everyone and and, uh, and that's that. But they do manage to escape and get and get mm. latched off. So they start zipping away. And when they shoot that missile as well, the alien he doesn't say oh shit, but he gives you a look as if to say it's a no shit look. Yeah, that's a no. Uh, absolutely, it is. Yeah, and Will has to fly out. The aliens are chasing them inside the mothership, and they go through a tiny little dinky hole just as it's closing. Oh, it really was ruined this final chase scene because all the ships were the same. I was like, "Who's who's chasing who? Why are they not shooting?" Like, oh, is, yeah, oh wait, is that Will? Ship. Yeah, yeah. Should have uh, should have thought that one through. No one's gonna paint it red. <laughs> well, if you did, people would have bought more toys of it, and then we would have had yeah. the stocking crisis that we did in Poundland. And the nuke blows up. 
Mothership's gone. Jeez, we really punched above our weight here, Earth, didn't we? Like, you know, they're completely outmatched, just outgunned us, and just with one idea, straight away we win. It's phenomenal. Everyone's celebrating. All of the explosions look like fireworks at the end. It's Independence Day. Yay! USA! USA! We did it! I love that the air, like, like, look, I promised you fireworks. And there's all these, like, big meteoroids that are falling to Earth and bits of shrapnel. And everyone's like, yay! Yay, like, debris! Fall on flaming <laughs> debris! That's my favourite kind! And then, right, as soon as they're like, you know, everyone's cheering, and then it goes... It's so like Star Wars. And then Joe was like, oh, hang on a second. Maybe it's John Williams who did this score. And that is like why they have done such a similar theme thinking, you know what? You can you can draw from your own font there. No, nah, some other guy. He just thought he loved Star Wars as much as the makers of this movie did, I guess. Uh, Kevin, I absolutely love that. That was great. It didn't feel like it took two and a half hours or whatever it was. It flew by, did it? It flew by because, you know what? I was having fun and time was flying and aliens were flying and Will Smith was flying an alien spaceship. Did it take your mind off the heat? Because that's a pretty good thing. If a movie can do that, that's pretty impressive. I genuinely think it did. Wow. Yeah. I didn't feel hot while watching it. That's amazing. I feel hot now while talking about it. (laughs) Well, you're hot and bothered now, Sam. That's the problem. All this hot air coming out of my mouth. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and these hot takes about Jeff Goldblum, who actually I've come around to. You, you are, are, are you pro Goldblum then? <laughs> pro Goldblum. If I'm still on the fence, I'm facing towards problem now. Now I don't do have you- a problem. I'm facing towards pro Goldblum problem. Yeah. So I would say what you, Sam, your remedy for that is now that you've seen the best of Jeff Goldblum in many respects, sure. I think you owe it to yourself to try and re-engage with some of those those memes, those uh, those those Twitters and etc. Yeah. and see if, you know, it is your flavour. See if you're going to get yourself an enamel pin or a giant statuette of Jeff Goldblum lying down. I think what you need to do is just show me a really good Ed Sheeran film as well, and then maybe I'll come around to it. Maybe we could watch Yesterday. Oh, very true very true he's in that. He gives a great performance sam what was it what if he said hey dude oh great stuff ed great um stuff. did he come okay. with that one himself i wonder yeah let's let's hope so now sam obviously we're going to get into your rating but before yeah, we yeah. do that we do need to perhaps preempt our next episode and explain or next episode. So, Sam, what is our next episode going to be? There's a couple of bits of business with regards to this episode. It's a multifaceted big one. Yeah, well, I, I didn't want to come down from the excitement of watching this film so quickly. But we're... Because <laughs> I, I really loved it. I can't overstate that enough. This is a hoot and holler. Had a great time. We're going to be watching Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Yes! But we will also be watching the extended cut of it. Or we would- oh! Which will have loads of bits you won't even understand! Yeah, we're going to watch the longest one. We're going to watch it in the same room, together. Yes, Sam's coming for a visit! So we're going to be a classic swirl with an entire day taken up, probably, from watching (laughs) a very long movie and dealing with not just it being our 50th episode, well... Mm -hmm. But also our five-year anniversary. It's all coming together. And you couldn't be happier, Sam, huh? It's going to be a big celebration for you. And I will also be there as well, participating. So... (laughs) 
<laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, that's what our next episode is going to be. So it has been five years then, and that's going to be huge. And what we'd like to do is take a little bit of time at the start of the episode mm-hmm. to maybe go and reflect on some bits and bobs. So what I would suggest is if you have enjoyed Cinema Swirl or if you've listened for any length of time or have nipped in and enjoyed any of the episodes or had good times at all or positive experiences, would you not send us an owl bit of an email to cinemaswirl at gmail.com? That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. And let us know your favourite episodes, your favourite moments, etc. Sam and I both have the collective memory of a sieve and we've probably forgotten a lot of the episodes and moments, etc. We have received some emails already from people who've given us like big stats and stuff like that, people who've mm-hmm. appeared in movies and Sam's Star Wipe ratings and stuff like that. So if you've got anything like that that you want to contribute, we would love to hear from you. It's going to be a celebratory swirl. And Ooh. what better way to celebrate by watching a movie that Sam swore that he would never watch? <laughs> yeah. And why is it, Sam, that we're watching this one? Uh, because of our backers over on Patreon. It was one of our stretch goals was, you know what? If, if we get this much, I'll do it and I'll watch the extended cut. And I'll tell you what, Kevin. I didn't think we'd get there as quickly as we did. <laughs> no, that was that was a real great motivator. So we need to think of another stretch goal now, maybe to do some some more uh, movies of of significant note. Because think mm. about it: now that we're going to be finishing up our Lord of the Rings trilogy, mm. and we finished the Star Wars original trilogy, it feels like we need some big franchises to fill the boots. Because usually we did our you know our ten or twenty or big episodes have usually been these big franchises. So yeah. maybe it's something to mm. think about. If you have any thoughts, we'd love to mm. love to hear. But enough meandering and talking about the next episode. Sam, your final thoughts on Independence Day. You had a good time. Was there anything that maybe took away from your enjoyment at all? Honestly, not really. No. I mean, this film is very uh, silly, very schlocky. Schlock was a word that was used a lot in the comments of the vote. Is like just cl- classic Hollywood schlock. Because obviously we kept saying it's a lot like Star Wars, but I wouldn't say Star yeah. Wars is schlocky though, would you? No, but this this was um, it definitely didn't take itself too seriously. Yeah, a lot of fun was to be had. This was big, broad, enjoyable advent, kind of adventure action movie, and it delivered on pretty much every front of that. Will Smith, very charismatic lead. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a co-lead with with Jeff, I would say. I mean, thinking of Will Smith in here, like this is just like straight away. He he doesn't seem like he's new to this at all. It feels like he was fucking made for this, born for this kind of thing. This is a proper breakout performance, and the result of that is what we've seen throughout the rest of his career over the last more than twenty years. Yeah, he's become a huge star. He has become a huge star, and of course, by being a huge star, that means that not only has he done lots of other big, big movies, many of which have been critically acclaimed, but he's also done a lot of incredibly high-profile big budget mega flops and if you mm-hmm. head over to patreon.com slash cinema swirl we will have a vote up for the adjacent will smith vote where there will be three absolute dirty stinkers where you'll be able to vote on those <laughs> and decide what one we're going to be doing i'm very excited for that you know i loved his performance i have come around to jeff goldblum the bill pullman it was yeah. a revelation for me. I don't. I'm not too familiar with him. He's great, Bill Pullman. He's he's the he's the entry level Michael Douglas. He's very very affordable. I like that. He was a wonderfully presidential president. I I mean, this film is not the best film ever made, but it's not trying to be. It's just trying to be a real good fucking blockbuster. Yeah, and it is such a blockbuster of a movie. You could you could watch this with like pizza, beers, and chats, and like not miss anything. You know, and we said that when you're Mary Poppins, where you could kind of like fall asleep and wake up at any point and be like, oh. 
oh, they're doing this now. Cool. I could yeah. probably go for another tight 20 later on. And this is one of those movies as well. And it's like kind of dumbed down and you don't really need to understand what's going on. And I love that. I love that some of the things don't make any sense, but they don't have to. It's just like, this is what's happening and th- we don't need some big complicated justification. It's just because it's fun and it progresses the movie and it keeps things going. I enjoy that so much. I think this is the funnest, dumbest movie not starring Arnold Schwarzenegger that we have done on Cinema Swirl. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It, it, was a, it was a blast. I'm trying to think of things that take away from it. I'm coming up short a little bit, other than, like, it's not... I mean, you've got you've got some good female characters in there, you know, yeah. brief as some of their yeah. appearances may be, you know, but you, yeah. you do have, you know, a, a couple, which is nice, not not very often seen in movies from the mid-90s. I mean, the <laughs> the way it's made, some of the... I mean, the effects were very good, the miniatures and stuff like that. But it is all a bit like paint by numbers. In like, this is what a big Hollywood blockbuster should look like. We're gonna do. We're gonna copy off all the other ones mm. and do it again and it's, have a blast it, doing it. Visually, though, it aged a lot better than I thought because I, I watched Apollo thirteen again recently, mm. and Jesus Christ, all of it is CG, all like the, the spatial stuff. And I was like, oh my god, it actually like completely ripped out my emotional investment quite early on. I got back into it, like, but yeah. it had aged so badly. And this, yeah. on the other hand, even though they are dabbling in some of the the computer arts with the use of miniatures and that old classic Hollywood style, it, it looks beautiful still. There's maybe one or two shots where you can go, well, that's a Nintendo 64 bird if I've ever seen one. That's a chopper baby, by the way. So yeah, other than that, I think it's, it's held up really, really well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think about this and I'm thinking like, oh, well, it's not, you know, perfect movie. But I'm like, why is it not a perfect movie? I had such fun watching this. Yeah. I sat yeah, I it didn't feel long. I had a great time. I enjoyed all of the cast and characters. Were you annoyed you didn't see it as a kid? Because can you imagine seeing something like this as a kid where Oh, it's, I would have loved it. It's just naughty enough where yeah. you know you kind of feel like, oh, I shouldn't be seeing this. But it is actually really wholesome and it's totally grand for a kid. I remember seeing this as, as a kid in the cinema and thinking it was such a why I couldn't it was my mind was blown. But it was obviously before I'd seen Star Wars as well. So I think maybe when Star Wars came along, this just got shoved to the back of my memories and I didn't give it as much love as I should have. I think I I'm trying to put too much pressure on this to be like a prestige picture. But it's not like trying a, to be, is it? An Oscar. No, it's not. And it's trying to be a blockbuster. And it fucking nails it because Will Smith punches an alien in the face and says, welcome to Earth, and then smokes a cigar. So I tell you what, Kevin, i tell you for what. <laughs> I'll t- tell you something for nothing now. I'm giving Independence Day five bloody star wipes. Bloody hell! You've heard it here first. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cinema Swirl. This episode was produced by Kevin, it was edited by me, Sam, and the music was also by me. If you'd like to support the show directly, you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash cinemaswirl. Episode votes are on Facebook over at facebook.com forward slash cinemaswirl. We're on Twitter, that's at cinemaswirl. And if you have something for the mailbag, send it on over to cinemaswirl at gmail.com, that's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, please do recommend it to anyone else you think will enjoy it too. And we'll see you next time on Cinema Swell. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 